Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. What's up, all my podcast people out there? It is your boy, Ed Lover, and it's time for another Come On, Son, the podcast. And guess who is joining me as my special guest interviewer, my homegirl from the Ed Lover Show with Moni Love that can be heard all around this country. Moni Love, what up, Mo? Just make sure you got my Darjeeling tea on deck. Thank I you got very you. much. Whatever kind and my of crackers tea. and and um, Irish cheddar. I like Irish cheddar on my crackers. Do you see what kind of right? bullshit I had to go through to get this one? And then to after come and that, I'm gonna stay long enough so you can order lunch. I want fish and chips. Oh, this is some bullshit. Authentic uh, fish and chips. This is all right? some straight bullshit. So just make sure you got it all. All right, please. let me give you the backstory. I wanted for a really long time to get down. And, uh, sit down, excuse me, and have an interview with my man, Chubb Rock. So I call Mo. Me and Mo work together every day. I was like, Mo, you guys do the alumni shit together. You're always on the road together. Can you help me get Chubb Rock? So she helped me get Chubb yeah. Rock. Uh, Chubb Rock is, a, is I guess, on this here podcast. And Moni bribed me with, uh, yeah. I mean, I had, you know, just get all kind of fucking yeah. demands, y'all. Yeah. Fish and chips, Darjeeling tea, crackers, water crackers, with Irish cheddar. Irish right? fucking cheddar. Exactly. And where I am wanted, I supposed to get you Irish cheddar from? I don't cheddar give from. a fuck where you get Listen, it from. You just import it so it's there. Mo, they, this is Atlanta. It ain't that many Irish people here. That's what okay? you... All right. So That's, I'm having a hard time finding Irish cheddar. I can get you regular sharp cheddar. No, if I wanted regular shot, I would have fucking said that, wouldn't Moni, I? Just, the point is Chub Rock, okay? That's the point. Oh. The point is Chub. Okay, one of the most prolific MCs who has probably the best diction of any MC I've ever heard okay. in my life. And you know what was astounding about Chubb, too? I'm going to get you your Irish fucking Thank cheddar. Thank you. Okay. okay. What's astounding about Chubb Rock to me is that he was one of the heavier guys that were taken seriously. Right. Like him and Heavy D. There's out only of all a few. Of, right. Yeah. Uh, pun. Yeah. Biggie. Mm-hmm. Like, these are the guys that kicked open the door for Biggie. And for Pun to be yeah. taken seriously as MCs. Because before that, we all loved the fat boys, but nobody, they were pretty much a novelty group. Right. You know what I mean? Right. They tried to 
turn it around later on in their careers when it was a little too late. But their stuff was about all oh, you can eat, going to jail, without the bail for food, mm-hmm. don't you dog me, like, can you feel it? Like, uh, you know, a lot of that stuff was novelty, the twist and mm-hmm. all of that stuff. And by the time the Fat Boys tried to turn it around and be taken seriously as MCs, it was too late. Right. But when Heavy D came through, gone, yeah. that's right, right? Mm-hmm. When Heavy D came through, Heavy D didn't, get, he got, he came off with, I'm, I'm heavy, mm-hmm. I'm heavy D, but I'm still cool. Right. And girls still love me. Right. And when Chub Rock came through, he came through when I'm chubby, but I'm intelligent and listen to my rhymes and listen to the way I, I put it down. So it's kind of like an honor and a privilege for me to have Chub Rock and to have you here with me during right. this interview on Chub Rock because you know Chub extremely well. Yes, it is. It is a fucking pleasure for you to have me oh, God. on here, right? And that's why it's going to be a lovely show and I'm going to share my crackers and cheese and my tea. I'm going to share all the good stuff, all right? And just know that if I had you on anything I was doing, I would get whatever you asked me to get. So just know that. All right. All right? I, I got your Irish cheddar. That, thank you very much. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is Come On, Son, the podcast. Moni Love is here from the Ed Lover Show with Moni Love and my man, Chub Rock. Our compadre, our brother, not only in hip-hop, but in radio, starting all the way from New York at Power 105, and now, well, he was in the ATL before me and Moni were in the ATL, but now we are all still part of the same family. The one and only Chub Rock is in the building. The Chub Star. Word up. The Chub Star. What up, Chub? Chilling, man. When I came to radio, I came... Under Ed Lover, he was doing mornings, Power 105. Moni was doing weekends. I actually learned from Moni. I used to come in. She don't remember. Yes, I did. I used to come do. in and watch her do the boards. So I'm a student. I'm a student <laughs> of the two of them. So it's it's a great thing to. It is a pleasure. To be it is a pleasure to have you here, my brother. Yeah, man, it's a it's a blessing. Yeah, we see you all the time. Yeah, and I'm like, yo, Crazy. like who's more classic than Chub Rock? Like, are you kidding me? What happened is Krista. I went to Krista. And said, hey, man, I really should <laughs> be on the show. Producer, here we go. And Krista said. Man, get out of here, man. She smacked me. She hit me. Nah, it was all love. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's yeah. a beautiful thing. Let's <clears throat> let's go back for a minute and talk about the early days of, of Chub Rock. Yeah. What did you hear that bit you and made you decide to become an MC? Uh, a good friend of mine named Dave Witt, he was brilliant, man. I, I, I'm telling you, no one couldn't tell me that he didn't invent hip-hop. <laughs> <laughs> um, we were like 14, and he, he came to me with this, I don't know, might have been however long one side of a cassette is. I can't remember how long that is, but... Well, it depends had... if you get the 60-minute or the uh, yeah, 90, yeah. the 90-minute. Or the 30-minute. Yeah, right. The 30-minute is 15 minute. each side. Yeah. 60 is 30 each side. and 90 is like, wow. He know? had a whole <laughs> cassette of Good Times looping. Wow. And he did it That's with a funny. pause button. Because we didn't have no samples. Yep. That's right. And he did it on one channel, and then he put his rhyme on the second channel. And we were 14. And I was like, planet is sun from <laughs> and um it just bit me there and then um my cousin howie t who was my mentor him and doc ice from utfo we're from flatbush and um howie was producing for utfo he was producing for full force and it's my aunt's house so you know I now where was you crown heights or flatlands no no we or was any in, of them you was all we was in flatbush all of us okay. was in flatbush utfo right. full force myself um 
um, Sean, Sean and little Ed? Sean, special Ed. We're all the Flatbush, Bush Got babies. It. Okay. And um, um, Buster. Right. Everybody was from Flatbush, so um, that was the crew. Howie's one of the main DJs and one of the main producers, man. And um, so anyway, when he did that, Howie and them had his own group called CD3. We know the world is rough, so get tough. This is before your time. CD3. We know the world is rough, so, so get, get tough. tough. Right. And they were nominated for the first New York Hip Hop Awards. It was uh, and um, Chuck Leonard was the host and V I M G. Chuck Leonard from New York, legendary New York radio guy. Yeah, man. And and uh, I begged him. I said, man, please, can I come see you guys? And he was like, yo, how are we gonna get you in? You only. 16 or whatever. And I said, man, whatever I got to do. And he, and um, Baby Girl uh, for Spike Lee's movie, uh, She's Gotta Have It, uh, who played Nola Darling, she handled the door. She was the, the person at the door. And she had a crush on my other cousin, Howie's brother. And they snuck us in. And we got a chance to see Fearless Four for the first time. Mm. Um, uh, Rockmaster Scott for the first time. What was to become the Force MDs, the Force MCs, which was just the two brothers. Dr. Rock and the Force MCs. That's Force right. Force MCs. And and um um Pebbly Poonum with Master Don oh, and the wow. Funk Committee, CD3, and Dougie Fresh before any record, because all he did was up there beatboxing numbers and tore the place apart. Wow. He was wearing a red and black lumberjack shirt. <laughs> like I'm I got sitting... on today. Hello. <laughs> and I'm like, yo. The same shirt, matter of fact. This is what I need to do. And um, when we left there and we were on the train going back to Brooklyn, we started that night. Mm. Um, first of the lyrics was horrible, and we just kept going and, and did the due diligence, and then and then one day, um, and I'm not gonna say the group because this this happened for me a bunch of times. A, a group um, asked me to write something for them, and and uh, they used it, which I was shocked. And um, so then how we started having this me is, write this people. is this is ancient history, Chubb. I think we can tell nah, the, man, nah, who nah, the nah. group was without embarrassing nah, because it went from there to other groups to some soloists that y'all all love. How we had me writing for a lot of people. What is so t- uh, taboo about this, Chubb? Back in our Day, you really needed to write I your know, own but stuff. Exactly, you did, but what does it matter now? Man, there was an album. I wrote the whole album. All right, tell us the album, Chuck. Come on, I, <laughs> well, that, come on I can Chuck. tell you that one because that album didn't come out. All right. Um, I wrote the whole Vanessa Quince album. Vanessa Sinquest. Yeah, Sinquest. Uptown. Album. But we Uptown. knew and they I put, didn't. And I put Lady of Rage on that album. That was the birth of Lady of Rage. Oh, wait, stop. Rage. Yeah. He found Rage. Yeah. Oh, well, wow. Her name was Rockin' Robin when I found her. She, wow. Her name was Rockin' Robin, and it was funny because I put her on the album because she was working at Chung King, and every time I'd pass the desk, she was writing. I said, what are you writing? She said, rhymes. And she said, said one to me. I said, come on, let's go. <laughs> and she was like, no, I haven't done this before. I've never, come on. So we put on the Finesse Quince album, and it was funny because on the Finesse Quince album, I wrote this record called Grill, and Grill was this big posse record. I wrote Puffy's first rhyme. So I throw that one out there because he doesn't mind it. <laughs> wow. So wrote Puffy's first rhyme because he was the A&R of the project and wrote the rest of the album, and we had Search on the album, third base, mm-hmm. the whole third base crew, everybody was, was on that there. back to the grill again? No, no. No, that's no. What it, it was called Grill. Okay. okay. When the album never came out, because my brother, rest in peace, Heavy D, wanted that song. Okay. So Heavy was like, no, take everybody off. I want that song. So it's like, nah, man, we already got paid for this song, because I put together the track master. Right. Okay. And he was like, we already did this album. There's no way, there's no reason to, to, to take, I could do you a different song, or make you a different song. He, he wanted, wanted that one. He wanted that song. So what song. did that song turn into? When Andre Harrell, who was in a... a, a a serious situation ended that album. That's when Search said, I can't make that song die, so we're gonna call it Back to the Grill. 
again. Okay. And wait. that featured a young man by the name of Nas. Nas. This is uh, legendary yeah. stuff we're talking. Go ahead, <laughs> yeah. Mo. Okay. Yeah. I have questions. Yeah. All right, look. You said that one particular song that was supposed to be called The Grill. The Grill. Wind up, not coming out. It got, you guys wind up doing something. after the source gave it four and a half months. Okay. And then it winds up doing something with a posse cut called Back to the Grill again. But what happened to the original that Heavy D wanted? Did that turn into a song for Heavy D? No, what happened was um, when the whole situation really went haywire at Uptown. And um, I think Andre just felt forced to say, let's just start over, do something different. And um, we're going to get Chubb to, to work on some heavy stuff. And we're going to get him and to do some stuff with So For Real. And a young Faith Evans, when I'll be sure um, had played this stuff for me or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, no, nah, it, never, it never turned into a song that Heavy was going to use. But then Search refused to make it die. Right. And he was like, Chubb, let them sue me, man. We're going to do Back to the Grill again. So who's on Back to the Grill again? Um, I put um, Red Hot Lover Tone from Trackmasters yep. on there. I'm on there. Mm-hmm. Search, obviously, mm-hmm. Minister Pete Nice, and yep. then Nas. Okay. So when he played me the Nas joint, he played me a rhyme. He said, Chubb, I, I really need to, I need something to bring this guy out here. And I said, yo, put him on the song, man, you know, because Def Jam was doing craziness anyway because then Russell came to me and, and wanted me to um, write for a few other people on Def Jam, um, which I did, and... Uh, <laughs> so I'm trying to, you know, my head is like reeling through the Rolodex in my head, like trying to think who was signed to Def Jam at that time Man, we, that he could possibly have written for? Because he's not going to tell us. Yeah, because we wrote so many things and then, because we felt, I never felt. Father like, MC. I never felt, no, Sean. Sean, I know, for wrote for Father yeah. MC. I never felt that I was going to really do well making records. I always thought I'd be better as a writer. Really? And 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 um, and um uh, and a producer and stuff like that. Uh, that's what I felt. So that's why. This how is we after, always, after Treat Him Right? After they had to force me to go do EPMD. No. Okay. They had to force me to do records because I can write whatever I want. I can be in any style I want, and no one would know the, the best. The Beastie Boys. I have nothing to say. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh-huh. I, didn't, I didn't really think I wanted to do records and stuff like that. My mother and Howie said, yo, you got to do a record, and uh, you can't just keep giving this music away. Me and my boy Elliot Ness was in the... the in the, in the basement, keep working on these records. Like when we did Little Sean's Heartbreak Hotel, they wanted me to do that, be that, do that record. I said, no, 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 no. Sean need a record. And this was like my little brother, and I said, yo, Sean, you do this record. Man. It's my ex-boyfriend. Women are gonna, women are gonna love you, and, 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 and the record, you know, became like a big record in New York City and, uh-huh. and stuff like that. So I always felt hip-hop as an artist wasn't gonna be for me. And then my mother, my mother funded the first couple of records. Oh, that's so awesome. Because she didn't believe in these labels, and she was Jamaican, and she, <laughs> <No>! <laughs> Yeah, she... How much, how much it costs to do this? How much? Is, and yes. that's what the thing that that always struck me about you was because I know that you are of Jamaican descent. Yeah. And I was gonna ask you, was that a stretch for you to go into hip hop and not go into dancehall reggae? Because I know you can do both. Yeah. Because we had uncles that was playing that music, and um, and and I was like, well, I don't think hip hop people are gonna really um go into the whole mixture of reggae music like that. We tried it with just the two of us, and even though the record did very well and went number one, people kept saying, what is he saying in the record? I don't know what he's saying. And, you know, so I was like, okay, let's right. not do too much of this. And then Barrington Levy was close with my family, and, and he was like, nah, man, you have to show your roots and, mm-hmm. and do this and that. And, um, but then again, we were just, like I said, we were just writing, man, like writing. I'll be sure came, and I wrote stuff on, on his album. I've been on every I'll be sure album. We, we did Tevin Campbell. I wrote um, two of those records, Just Ask Me To. Quincy Jones still owes me my platinum plaque, which I still <laughs> haven't gotten yet. Um, and then Daddy-O put us on a couple of soundtracks. Like, uh, when, uh, That's a Sonic! No. <laughs> I'm on 
only yelling out people <laughs> that you think Chub Rock wrote for a whole lot of thought, man. Let me tell you the biggest mistake I made in hip hop. If you want, yes, I would love to know this. My mom funded the record, and she said, um, she said, yo, you find out all this stuff. I don't know the American this, this, that, and the third, but you find out. So I had to go run around and figure out, okay, how do I get the record pressed up and and all this other kind of stuff. So the record was caught up and um, pressed up the record over here in Queen, well, Long Island City. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm place over there near this halfway house, pressed up the record, and then I said, I don't know what to do with this record. I'm going to just run around. Bumped in the red alert. I said, yo, I got this record. You don't know me, blah, blah, blah. He said, I'm going to tell you like I tell everybody. If it's dope, I'm playing it. If it's whack, I'm not playing oh, it. Oh, the good old days. Absolutely. Oh. And I said, I Thank- gave Red Alert three records he never played. And I said, thank <laughs> you, sir. And in hindsight, they were whack. And I said, thank you, sir. I gave him the record. Uh-huh. And then he said, Go to Marley, this, that, and the third, blah, blah. I said, I don't know him, but I'm going to just wait outside, BLS. And he came out. Never forget it. He was driving, um, at the time, the Land Cruiser, I think it was. This big Land Cruiser. Well, it seemed big back in the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I gave him the record, and they started playing. So all of a sudden, it was man, <laughs> woman, <laughs> and the record took off. And then Biz got me a show at a place called Sensations um, in New Jersey. Hood spot like crazy. <laughs> where, 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 ladies and gentlemen, in Newark, New Jersey, Club Sensations, where the DJ at the time was Reggie none Noble. other than Reggie Noble Redman. Yeah. Wow. And I would see him, and 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 uh, Red said to me, "Anthem." And we played there every weekend for about about two months. I was like, "Yo, they got to be tired of this," and they were never tired of it. And if you knew Sensation had all these different rooms. Yeah. Oh, my God, that's too funny. And um, so then I was like, I'm not getting the record to the stores uh-huh. properly because I'm not no record company. Mm-hmm. And they're calling my house, and they're saying, we need these amount of records here. We need it here. And this record store don't have I'm like, record store? I, I, I just gave it to these DJ cats. I don't know nothing about record stores. And then Fred Mineo called because me, Little Sean, and Terry T went to a, a battle. Um, and the winner of the battle was going to get a contract with Tommy Boy. We won that battle. Oh. It was the three of us, and we won. We were a group, and we won that battle. But name of the group was? Splash. Okay. It was me, Little Sean, Terry I don't Team. like that name. Don't like it either. <laughs> um, we won that battle. We didn't like the contract. We didn't do it. Oh, okay. So then Fred came and said, I want this record, and it's the deal I want to do. So my mother was like, I never forget the meeting, man. My mother said, man, she's like, I paid for this record. So we're getting how many points on it? No, no, no. So we're about to leave. She said, okay, let's do a 50-50. She said, okay, I paid for the record. This is my son. I gave birth to him. <laughs> 50, no, I don't like that deal. So we got the deal right. And I don't know how many people had that deal, but our deal Probably was 65-35. Wow. Um, but we ain't sell a lot of records, so it didn't make a difference to me. We ain't really sell a lot of records. So that record sold maybe 15000 but it was enough for us to get an album with him. Gotcha. And um, when we did the album, the, the hit on that album was Your Bad Chubs. And um, that had all the young people in it. Young Moni, Mona Scott was one of the dancers. Wow. Say that again. Mona Scott was one of the dancers because she was a, a, a student of Hot Dog. Hot right. Dog uh, was one of, her stu- one of her teachers in dancing. So we had Mona Scott. We had um, Michael Michelle, big actress. She was one of the dancers. Um, Wesley Snipes was one of the dancers. They wow. were all dancing, yes. Yeah, Don man. Cheadle was dancing back then, too. Yeah, 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 we we sure never had a chance to get him, to get him. Um, but he was supposed to be in Treat Him Right video, and we just never got him. But, you know, so then we started getting a couple of things, man. The record sold 100, maybe 100,000. Mm-hmm. And then um, Russell wanted to, that's like, that's when I started writing, and Russell wanted the whole vibe. How did you become synonymous with Q-Dogs? All of those records, I was in college making all of those records. So okay. these records only got made on the weekends or when 
when we came. What school did you go to? Brown. Okay. So we, because it was in Rhode Island, it wasn't that far to drive. What was your major? I was an idiot. I was trying to be a doctor at the time, and it was the wrong thing to do. My father threatened me into that situation. Go ahead. All right. Um, Dr. Chavrock. Yeah, that quantitative analysis was ridiculous. <laughs> um, so all of my friends, Hot Dog was in college. Dinky was in college. Doc No was in college. My brother Rob Swinger in college. So we would only get together on the weekend. Okay. There was no line at Brown at the time, but there was a line in all these other schools. And, and um, so anyway, the cues came. They hopped in the video. We, I had gotten a lot of flack from it because my cousin, Howie's brother, was a kappa. My cousin was a sigma. You know, I just got all this flack like, yo, well, the next video, yeah. everybody need to be in there. Man, so listen. Everybody was in there. The AKAs was in there. The Deltas was in there. Zetas was in there. Everybody was in there. And then because our movement was a, a college movement, when we did Soul Train, I had to ask my father's permission, go do Soul Train and come right back to school. And Hot Dog had to ask his father. Everybody had to ask their father. So wow. we were sitting up in, in, uh, in the room for Soul Train, because Soul Train ain't but three and a half sizes of this room. <laughs> <laughs> we were trying to tell the producer, ma'am, we got a flight at four o'clock, got to get back, got to go to school in the morning. And Don Cornelius didn't like hip hop. Right. And he was like, oh, these hip hop guys are giving trouble. And, uh, and we went to him and said, sir, we got to get on. Because he would shoot multiple shows. So it was like a long, line of people. To Patty film. Bell yeah, was there. man, yeah. All these people were there waiting to shoot their part. Yep. And right. he was like, we got to skip all these people, sir. And he was like, why? We then don't, don't be on the show. We're in school. And then, what school? They're in college. He didn't believe me. He was like, yo, we got our IDs on us, man. <laughs> Listen, my, you want me to get my phone? So you got a hit record, and you're on Soul Train and still in college We're still in time. college, man. Wow. And my, he was like, y'all are in school. Y'all are kids. And he was like, yeah, man, we got to get up out of here. You know, my father is... His cheese slipped off his cracker long a time ago. <laughs> and he was like, All right, we're gonna get you on. And if you watch Soul Train, he says it when he brings us on. Here's some guys that gotta go back to school. And so, and so we go, we do Soul Train, and he invited us back maybe two times after that. And he got us on the Arsenio Hall show. Oh, he wow. Because we didn't chart. He got us on the Arsenio Hall show. Love you, Don. Wow. Because, uh, yeah, we, we, we were on an independent label, so we right. had no way of charting, man. Nothing. We couldn't beat Def Jam. Now, Chubb, you have a song that is directly connected to a black history moment. Yeah. And I want to talk about it. And it's actually my favorite <clears throat> my favorite line out of Treat and Right. Um, the thing about um, Never Yusuf Forget Hawkins. Yusuf Hawkins. Yep. Yeah. What happened, um, I was living in Fort Greene at the time and when he got killed. And what was his, that, August 89? Yeah. Yep. And Yusef Hawkins, for, for all those who don't yeah. know, was a young man who was in... Um, he was the Trayvon Martin of the time. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, way before Trayvon Martin. He was <clears throat> chased by a white crowd of people in... Uh, Bensonhurst. No, it was Queens, right? No, no it was, it was Bensonhurst. Bensonhurst. Yeah. He was chased by a crowd of people in Bensonhurst and, and, and was killed. He was supposedly shouldn't have been in the, in the Yeah, quote unquote, shouldn't have been in the neighborhood. And um, kind of an Emmett Till... Uh, uh, Emmett Till kind of situation. Mm -hmm. and, uh, right. So when you, you we're in we're in Fort Greene and people are hitting on my door, yo, Rich, this, 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 this happened. I'm like, what? Nah, that's impossible, man. Now? And and then um I was writing a song one day, and it wasn't the song that was supposed to, was supposed to be made. And um put the line in there. Because Treat Him Right was really about bootlegging a lot of times. Mm -hmm. It was about really? it was about bootlegging and it was about what I thought would have been the destruction of black music because of bootlegging and, and um 
So if you see the video and we're knocking over the table with all the CDs. Right. But then I needed to throw that line in there about Yusef Hawkins and... Um, Wait, let me just say, racial gain causes pain and need a new rap. In your hearts and minds, never, never forget, forget Yusef Hawkins. And when you're walking, you don't just run black on black. Remember that. It's important. It was, um, you know, there was just a time. You know, when I bump into the young boys now, I always tell them, if you listen to these songs, these songs are, t- are time stamps of what was going on. So if you listen to that song, you know, oh, this got to be around 89, 90, because this yeah. is when this young man was killed. Because look- when you Wikipedia, Yusef Hawkins, references, you're one of the references. Yeah, because... And Treat Em Right, the Treat song, right. is one of the references. So you yourself, along with Public Enemy. Public Enemy, when they did a whole... Video block shoot. Block party yeah. and, and everything about it in Fort Greene. Um, and... Because uh, he was... the power video. Absolutely. Because yeah, right. he was from Fort Greene. Um, Youssef. And um, and now they're making a movie, a documentary um, about it, which is going to be very, very serious, actually. Um, but, you know, we've had those problems. So when they talk about Youssef now and Freddie Gray now, we had our Youssef Hawkins and we had Eleanor Bumpers. And we, we had all these yeah. other kinds of things. And uh, But these young guys don't stamp that. You don't, you can't, if 20 years from now, if you go back and you listen to some of these young guys, you're not going to hear Youssef and this. And, and you're Trayvon not gonna hear, and Freddie right, you're not gonna hear and these, all that. Right. Yeah, you're not going to hear their timestamp. You can listen and hear timestamps of certain things in all these older hip-hop records. Because if they're the CNN of the community, I think it stopped right at the NWA. No one time-stamped what was going on, you know? That's mm-hmm. why I always look That's forward to a Nas record or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? But these young guys, they're not time-stamping. Word up. You've been doing this for so long, man, and now uh, you still do a record now and then? Yeah, every now and then I get forced to... Well, you mean stuff. Force. You well, well, you know, I'm not forced. We have fun with alumni, Chubb. No, 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 no. The alumni is different. That's a, that's a, that's incredible. But the music side, I love it, man. But I, I always thought music was something personal for you. You know, like I said, I never thought about coming out with records. You know, um, I, when I seen Jadakiss, he came to the station. We talked, and they were like, "Oh, you know Chubb?" And he was like, "What? This is our first... This was our first guy, because I brought them up. Um, uh, the Locks. They weren't called the Locks then, but... Uh, what were they called? Um, I can't remember the name of the group back then. Oh, what happened man. is these guys, the Mushmen, <laughs> came to me. These were nice guys, man. And they came to me and said, man, we got these guys and Yonkers, man. These guys deserve something. And they played me the stuff. I said, yo, these cats is dope, man. And uh, I forgot the name of the other producer that was rocking with them out in Yonkers. Something Boogie. It was incredible. And I said, well... I'm 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 working on a deal with Trackmasters for Giant Records, and we're doing this showcase. I'm gonna put oh, the wow. lock. I'm gonna put the giant. locks on it, mm-hmm. and I put them on it, and we promoted the hell out of it on you know Hot 97 and everything, and uh-huh. and the the showcase was very very successful. So Giant wanted them, and I remember um, Styles and it was like, "Yo, are you coming on to be manager?" And so I said, "Man, I ain't no manager, brother. I'm here." Because I thought y'all are dope. Now you can take that dopeness and go work that. You know, I knew what I'm not. You know, I'm not no manager. That's not my thing. Um, and they never forgot that, man. They've always showed me so much love. Big shout out to the locks. When uh, Kiss was here and um, Styles was here, man, we was in here hugging for like eight minutes. People didn't know why. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. We've been friends ever since. So and you've been a conduit for so <clears throat> many people, man. Man, we just we we always believed that we supposed to help each other, man. It was it was people that had no reason to help me help me. I remember treating them right. We couldn't get arrested with that record. Wow, no one wanted it, and it was a lady from MCA Records 
I won't say her name because I don't know if she's still working there. And they were the big shot, and she loved that record. And she was like, I'm going to help you with that. And she went and did some things to get us on KMEL's big summer jam thing. Wow. And she had no reason to help us. She wasn't getting no money from the record. She, it wasn't her responsibility. So Strangers has always helped me. So I always believed them <laughs> doing the same. So, Well, my man Chubb Rock in the building, Chubb. Yeah. What a career, bro. Appreciate you guys, man. We love I mean, you too, keep bro. that keep that classic hip hop going, man. Because absolutely, we need that, man. We need classic hip hop, and we to need just elder statesmen like you and Moni and all the rest of you artists to keep making that music, man. Yeah, hip hop don't die; it just grows up. Yeah, I don't believe sure. in expiration dates. Me either. Yeah, <laughs> rock in the building. This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is produced and engineered by co-executive producers Kimana Paulus and Krista Hayes. Recorded at Mean Street Studios in downtown Atlanta, Georgia, this is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.